0: Using. I'm gonna like fluff my hair yep.
1: There we go. Hairs, hair's fluff. <laughs> oh, hey, me too. <laughs> we
0: can start my interview with a hair fluff. Hello and welcome to the Quickie Podcast. This is episode six. And as you just heard, do not forget the pre-interview hair fluff, always important. Uh, Today's guest is Michelle Cerrisso from 4Meets Function Design out of Surrey, British Columbia and Canada. And I've known Michelle for about 10 years now. We first met back when I was running a printing press and she came in for a press check for business cards or something like that. But um, yeah, she's awesome. I really enjoyed today's interview and I know you will too. So let's get to it.
1: Welcome to the Quickie Podcast,
0: the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Michelle, thank you very much for joining me. This is Michelle from Form Meets Function. Uh, are you Uh, ready for the quickie?
1: I'm ready. Let's
0: do quickie. Let's dive right in. Uh, (laughs) Briefly tell the listeners about yourself.
1: Yeah, so I am a graphic designer here in Surrey, BC. I've been a graphic designer for the past 16 years, which sounds like a really long time now. Um, I've had my own business, like you said, formed meets function for the past six years. I worked for other people for a decade before that. I have a bachelor of design degree with a major in communication design.
0: Um, yeah, and graphic
1: design is something I've been passionate about for a while.
0: That's perfect. You nailed that one. (laughs) So what was your childhood like? And do you think you had a creative childhood?
1: Yes. Definitely. I feel like right from day one, creativity, I
0: feel like it's something I was just born to do.
1: I feel like they're skills that I didn't make for myself. I feel like they're just a part of me. So even my parents from when I was really young, um, they would put me into coloring contests when I was five and my kindergarten teacher noticed that I was good at drawing. So I feel like It was really fostered from a young age. Um, I even started to make money from those coloring contests that I would save up. Um, I paid part of my university tuition from from that, believe it or not. So I think I learned really young, you can make money doing this. And it was something that I just loved doing anyways. So um, yeah, that was really helpful.
0: So it kind of started naturally and your parents just encouraged it and let you run with it.
1: Yes, and it was all areas. There was visual arts, but there was also dance, drama, um, so I really enjoyed kind of all things creative.
0: That's cool. My kids are in a fine arts school, and they love all uh, aspects of that, so that's great. Yeah,
1: I would have really liked that.
0: <laughs> the regular school, come on.
1: I know, who wants
0: that? No one. No. Uh, Take us back to when you first started noticing design in the wild or noticing good design, and what did you start seeing? Yeah,
1: I don't think I actually honestly knew what design was was until I was in university so I went to um, Emily Carr which is an art university Mm -hmm. and I went there thinking I was going to become an artist and do visual art design Um, and I think it was in my second year of school that I learned about this thing called graphic design and um, I fell in love with it I didn't know kind of about the art of you know typography or communication and and then I really started to notice how much graphic design was in everything from packaging design. The web was just kind of starting to uh, get more moving there. And then all of a sudden, I felt like it was everywhere. I was noticing it on, like, tags on clothing or signs or vehicle design or, like, logos were everywhere. So, yeah, I think that was – I think I – I didn't know what it was called before, and then in university, I, I learned that's what that part is, and and kind of learned the difference between art
0: and design. That's cool. So you basically started noticing it before you defined it as design or typography.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: Very cool. So Ooh. when you first started out, what's something that you wish you knew?
1: When I first started, like, as a career?
0: Mm-hmm. When you first started out, you finished school, and it's it's time to go.
1: yeah. Um, I think I wish that I knew how much I didn't know. So if that makes sense.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. You kind of come out being like, I know Illustrator. I know Photoshop. I know InDesign. I am ready.
1: Totally. I got good grades. You know, I'm, I'm ready to
0: rock this world.
1: I'm going to end up being a creative director somewhere for sure. And then you <laughs> get out there and be like... Wow, I kind of suck compared to everybody else, and I think if I could maybe been prepared for that. That you can know in your head a lot of things or be taught a lot of theory, but there's this whole other side of learning the business, learning how to work with clients, mm-hmm. learning that you know when you're in school you can kind of dream a project however you want it to go because it's theoretical, and then you've got these real life parameters and feedback from clients and. Um, And also just, I think, seeing like a designer that's 10 years down the road and realizing, you know, their skills are far superior to mine and I didn't really realize how much I sucked.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Uh, You know this, but we, uh, I used to run presses and I came backwards through the print process and you and I first met at uh, a press check actually at my previous job. Um, and I felt the same way when I made the transition from running presses and doing the mechanical side to, uh, being a face for the company, doing sales and getting out there in front of designers. Um, you know, I had conversations with designers and saw good design cause I printed it, but engaging in conversation about that design, it was just a whole new world to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think you don't know what you don't know until you're put in a situation to recognize that you don't know that.
0: Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So tell me a little bit about your process and how you get a project started and you're staring, you just finished the brief and you're staring at a blank screen or a blank notepad. What's your first step?
1: Well, in my... My process at the beginning goes even deeper than a brief because I really focus on primarily doing brand design for people. Um, There's usually a series of meetings that happen before I even get into the creative world. So I really try to understand as much as I can about a business and what they're trying to do. I'll visit their office. I'll take inventory of everything that they already have going on. I'll look at their competitors and do some research. We'll have a whole discussion about why they do what they do, how they do it. So there's like a full research process that even happens after the brief before I get to the creative. So I feel like I get to go pretty deep into that. Mm-hmm. Um, once I'm then ready to start with the creative work, I've already got um, multiple written documents that really describe the creative in language. So I find that really helpful because because language is so powerful so the the words I work with writers so the words that they've put into those documents is a great jumping off point for me um and then I because I do a lot of research too there's a lot of just looking at what's out there what are other people doing um not that you want to copy competitors but just to get an idea of kind of the playing field that you're working in um and then I like to start away from my computer, so I still, I go through multiple sketchbooks a year, I like having a pen in my hand, um, there's a lot of freedom, I think, from making it not look finished or polished yet, it allows my mind to kind of dream and explore a little bit more.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very cool. So what has been the most influential design of your life so far? It could be something you've seen or something you've been a part of.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's a interesting question in terms of influence. Um, probably the most influential would have been my time at Emily Carr, I think, just because Um, the teachers that I had there were so gifted and talented in what they were doing and I think it was just a time where I got to sort of access these people um, their brains over a lot of um, questions and things like that and then you find even now you know 16 years down the road um, I'll kind of recall projects or situations or things like that um, from the people there and, and I still apply that to the work I do now.
0: Gotcha. Is there one particular project you think that stands out a little bit for you?
1: Um, I'm trying to think. I don't know from school if there's anything in particular that would stand out. Um, I think, yeah, maybe that would be more in kind of the work I've done post-school. There would be Probably a few different projects, um, that would be like, what do you mean by one that stood out? Like one that meant something to me or?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It could be the one that was, you know, you feel it was executed and brought the best results. It could be one where you just really, really liked the design and it sang to you something like that.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I think probably the most rewarding one recently would be um, there was a um, client who was um, a new business and I really got to work with them right from day one, so helping them with things like naming and logo development. Um, But what I think made it really special is that they um, kept me on as a contractor kind of far beyond the branding and the visual identity. And I really got to work with them as they worked with photographers and videographers and their in-house team. And it was special because I feel like I don't always get the opportunity to do that, to really see how the branding and visual identity applies as it keeps on going down the line. Um, That was valuable to me. and. Um, I think also helped me to learn to even think of that for other clients is, you know, to go those steps kind of further down the road and imagine what, how these things will be used. It was great for me to kind of, I think, see firsthand how that happens. And that was a great learning experience.
0: That is a great one. Being part of the process beyond the deliverables.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Very cool. It's- so what type of design do you feel is your favorite? You'd mentioned branding a little bit earlier on. Is that sort of the part where you really enjoy?
1: Yeah, it is. Um, I've done both print and uh, web design. Like I've, um, When I worked for other people, I was an in-house print designer. And then for another company, I worked for a web agency. So I've, I've done both and I continue to do both things. Um, but while I was working at the web agency I actually that's when I discovered what branding is and I think I got most excited about it because um, you're helping to really create something from nothing you're helping to give an identity to a company or to a product line or to a campaign and I love that kind of blank slate that you get to start from mm-hmm. and branding lends itself to that so whether it ends up being in print or web which I still get to do um, I just love that it's brand new and that um, I get to be that person to kind of come up with that idea from nothing.
0: Perfect. So social media. Yeah. Has, has social media changed graphic design, the process, and do you think it's beneficial or harmful?
1: Good question um yeah and we were talking about a little bit earlier too I feel like I'm I'm a new player to this whole social media world um I I was very um fortunate that most of my work comes through word of mouth so I haven't even necessarily had to use it for work um until kind of recent um I would say maybe in the last six months I've been a lot more intentional about it um and I've taken notice then right what are other people doing and all of that I get the sense that um because there's so much out there there's all you know there's various social media platforms um there's so many people on it um people are doing it for both personal and business use i just feel like the amount of information that's out there is huge um and i find depending on kind of what you do certain platforms really lend themselves to visuals more than others like instagram would be one right um but i think there's also a challenge with it's almost like there's so much that people have a hard time even knowing what's important or how to really find or connect with something that is meaningful to them. Mm -hmm. Um, And So I would think, has it helped or hindered graphic design? I think in one sense it's helped in that you can really get a message out there a lot more and you're connected to a lot of people. Um, But in the other sense, I would say it's hindered because there's just so much out there that we've I think lost that ability to kind of connect with people in a meaningful way.
0: Yeah. So it's a great tool, but could be used for both. It could be both. used for, you know, it could be harmful or beneficial. Totally. Hmm. So who is the designer or brand that you look up to or closely follow? And what do you like about that one?
1: Yeah, there's, there's different ones. So, I mean, there's kind of like the classics, like Paul Rand would be somebody that I um, learned about in school, who I love his work, he's designed so many very well-known logos and branding and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think he's fantastic. He's passed away, but um, but I love looking back on his work. Um, same with, you know, big agencies in around the world or in the States, like Pentagram, um again they make very recognizable brands that we're all very familiar with um and of course I drool as I look at their stuff and wish I could work with clients on that level and
0: <laughs> work with <laughs> clients with that budget
1: and clients with that budget, you know, like like a year-long time span and you know, how however much money that would be that would be amazing. Um, I would say more locally too. Um there's a uh, graphic design firm on the other side of Canada in Quebec called Paprika. Mm. They have amazingly creative um, work. I find they really push the boundaries, they step outside of the box. Um, I find they almost make work that is very close to, um, art. Like it's all very beautiful. It's all very well thought through. Um, but they have the amazing skills in design and communication. I just feel like there's someone who's always pushing the envelope and I wish that I had, um, that kind of innovative mind that they do at their firm. I think they're, yeah, they're pretty fantastic.
0: Those are some great ones for sure. Sure. (laughs) So how can design make a difference in people's lives? Mm,
1: I think it always does. Um, There's so many things that are designed, like, you know, from products that we use every day to things we wear to things we eat. Um, I feel like design is all around us, specifically graphic design. I think. Its main purpose is a communication tool. So whether that be an advertising, you know, type of message that's going out there or an information message or um, connecting people, um, I feel like it just affects people's lives because without it, we wouldn't have those ways to communicate. And even before computers were around or anything like that, we might not have called it graphic design, but I feel like, you know, you can go way back in history and people were still making symbols that represented things. Maybe they were carving on onto walls or in hieroglyphs or or whatever. Um, But I feel like communication is just a part of being a human and graphic design is a tool that is within that, that we all
0: use. Well said. (laughs) Thanks. So for your designs, how do you gauge if they're resonating with their intended audience?
1: Yeah, that takes some time. So I feel like when you're doing the design work, you know, you're imagining, you can do a lot of research into who clients are and what, you know, um, who their audience is and, and things like that. But you really don't know until it gets out there. And then I find we're relying on, it sort of depends. If it's online, it's a lot easier because there's a lot of, you know, tracking and things like that, that you can do to see how are people using the page and how many visits are happening and where are they clicking and all of that kind of stuff. Um, I think outside of the web it's a little bit harder um, and usually that information just comes from checking back with clients, um, you know, asking them how their sales have gone, are they up or down, has, you know, a new product been really successful, what's the feedback that you're getting from clients, um, it's helpful if you can put in, you know, feedback forms or things like that so that you can get that information. Um, And it's always helpful, um, I find, to um, think of design as something that's always evolving in some way. So even if you look at, say, you know, Coca-Cola's logo from when it first was made till now, it's changed. It's looked, you know, it still looks the same, but kind of need to be tweaking and refining all the time. So if you're not doing those checkbacks, something can become dated or out of touch with your customer.
0: Yeah, for sure. We had a speaker series for my the commercial printer I work for now. We had a speaker series a couple of years ago, and the yeah. graphic designer who worked on Quaker oatmeal, like, you know, the Quaker illustrated guy? Yes. Yeah. Um, it was a really interesting talk about how they took him from the original design and sort of modernized him, to make him you know, a little bit more trim, a little bit more stylish, just to resonate more with the newer generation. Um, yeah. So that was a fascinating talk. I can't remember the gentleman's name, but I'll definitely add it in sort of at the end of this episode. Yeah. To bring it up. but It was fascinating. That's very So take us to a design or project that you were a part of that did not go well or did not bring the desired result. And what was that like?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, those learning experiences happen. 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I can think of one in particular where um, I had done all my work at the beginning of asking the client lots of questions about who they are and whatnot. And this was um, for a branding project. This is a company that had been around for a while and had never had a proper logo designed. So they hired me to do that. And typically in my process, I would present a client with a few different concepts and then we would be tweaking them. And they're very involved in the process. And I just thought, I just had the best idea ever. And I was just going to roll with it. I was going to knock this out of the park. I can see it now. I spent so many hours on this, I think. It was a very illustrative logo, <clears throat> and I think more than anything, it was like a style that I personally wanted to try. So you got oh.
0: to your mic drop logo. <laughs> and yeah. you were ready to just walk in there.
1: Totally. <laughs> drop the mic, walk out, whatever. <laughs> I dropped the mic, and it was not well received. <laughs> <laughs> the client was just like, did you, know, did you listen to us when we were talking? Like, this, this is so not us at all and then when I look back at it they were totally right like I um I did like just a completely different style and genre and looking back it was because it was something that I wanted
0: to give a try myself oh that's the challenge
1: yeah and I made it about myself instead of
0: them Mm
1: -hmm. which was my mistake. And then what I ended up doing was
0: completely redoing
1: it and eating the hours that I spent into the first one and, yeah, learning from that experience.
0: Ultimately client happy? Mm -hmm.
1: Yes, ultimately client was happy. The timeline ended up being longer because of that mistake, but, yes, ultimately they were good in the end, and I learned Michelle involved the clients in the process because... Yeah, you don't yeah. want to be wasting
0: hours. Oh, that's the best way to learn: take the punches.
1: Yep.
0: Yeah. <laughs> take the punches and then yeah. the walk of shame. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I tell my kids, I say, try as many things as you want, and if you're gonna fail at it, fail quickly and then move on. Fail <laughs> move on. Um, so, what piece of advice would you offer to new design grads looking to learn or make their mark in the industry?
1: Yeah. And it's you don't
0: know anything. (laughs)
1: Yes, totally. (laughs) Well, it's funny because um I've I've been asked this question by recent grads before. I find there's often somebody who, their son or daughter or niece or nephew or whatever, wants to get into the industry and so then they say, Hey Michelle, like do you think that you could talk with them? And oftentimes I find um, with a lot of people that come right out of university, they want to like start their own company and whatever. And my biggest piece of advice is, that I give to them is go work for somebody, go work for somebody, make your mistakes while you're getting paid a salary and have all that learning opportunity. And even if you think you're fantastic, like I thought I was fantastic, you're going to get hit hard when you actually deal with real clients and real timelines and real budgets and real project constraints, but learn that while you're working for someone else. Cause it's really, it's really hard to build your own business um, until you've had that experience until you've built up your portfolio with real projects until you have learned all of those things. So do that on somebody while someone else has paid you, even if you're not making a lot of money, it's, it's better than trying to kind of set the bar too high for yourself and
0: failing miserably. Yeah. There's so much learning that can be done, you know, sliding into, you know, being a designer for an agency or something like that. There's so much learning there. Yes. Okay. Well said. So what is next with the graphic design? Do you see any emerging trends or anything coming?
1: Yeah. Um, I see, uh, kind of back to our conversation before where the market is just like flooded with imagery and things like that. I think what I'm what I'm seeing anyways is kind of more little niches happening that kind of in this marketplace of people being overloaded, um, I think there's like smaller little interest groups or communities or things like that. And I think that design, um, instead of kind of just being about, you know, big messages and big advertising and um you know, maybe what some of like the big corporations have always done, I'm finding people are really looking to connect with people who are more like them in smaller ways. And I think that graphic design, my hope for it would be that it becomes a little more kind of specialized into all of those little groups instead of kind of this big blanket advertising that um, maybe was more popular a couple of decades ago.
0: So design sort of specializing and niching down
1: hmm Yeah. And even, I mean, something even like the web state, which has happened in my lifetime, um, you're getting even more specialized roles in that. So you've got, you know, it used to be kind of like, oh, you have a designer and you have a developer and then you make a website. Um, now it's like, yeah, you have potentially multiple developers, you've got a designer who's dealing more with the graphic design, you've got a UX designer, Um, you've got a um, UI designer, you've got just, there's been more kind of niche roles even in just producing something like a website. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that people are becoming more specialized in what they
0: do as well. I would agree with that. I would agree with that for sure. 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 So what is one design product, tool, website, uh, or community that you can't live without, you just couldn't live without?
1: Yeah, well, that's an easy one. I feel like Adobe is just like,
0: <laughs> it's been around <laughs> for, for sure. Time. Adobe
1: Suite, I would not be able to do my work without that. Primarily Photoshop, Illustrator, and InDesign are my three big ones that I use pretty much on a daily basis.
0: Mm-hmm. So which one's your favorite?
1: Um, probably InDesign, because it's really rare, I mean, unless you're doing logo design or, well. They're um, all
0: so specialized. (laughs) It's
1: Yeah, logo designs kind of live in Illustrator, website designs live in Photoshop, print happens more in in InDesign, but InDesign you can kind of import things from both Illustrator and Photoshop, so I would probably say that's my fave.
0: Yeah, the way that I was always told about it is Photoshop is for the photo work, Illustrator is for the logo work and the illustration stuff, and InDesign is the layout tool to bring it all together.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: Perfect. Now, I don't have experience in any of them. So, I'm just going off word of mouth here. <laughs> all right, you don't have to. Awesome. That's great, Michelle. That's the that's the last of my questions.
1: Wow. Look at that. Yeah, that's you awesome. cruise
0: through. <laughs> Awesome. So uh, hang on the line for a second, but I just wanted to say thank you very much for being a part of the Quickie Show, and I uh, hope you have a great day.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Dave.
0: No problem. All right, and I'm back. That was today's guest, Michelle Ceriso. Thank you so much for listening into episode six of the Quickie Podcast, and uh, we're back at it again tomorrow. Thanks.